And it was the first moment that I had felt probably ever in my life when it came to money that I actually felt like there was really a light at the end of the tunnel and that there was this new skill that I could learn that I just had been totally oblivious to because I just believed that this was something like innately that we're just supposed to know how to do. I'll have what she's having. Welcome to another edition of Confidence Podcast. Welcome back to She Talks Confidence Podcast. Of course, this podcast is not about me. It's about uh, strong, powerful women that are talking about confidence, their journeys through, and I maintain it, uh, what to do. And today, a very special guest is Jill Emanuel. Jill, how are you? I am great. Thanks so much for having me, Tony. Oh, thanks for being on. What you work with is money management. It's finances. Right. And you have a company here in Phoenix called Fiscal Fitness. Phoenix, I'm going <laughs> to kind of let you roll and kind of start with why are you a financial yeah. coach and how did you get there and how can you help other women that are dealing with finances and financial stuff? Great question. I am a financial coach totally accidentally because I myself hired a financial coach about a decade ago, had never heard of a financial coach before. I didn't know that it was a thing. I think most people don't know what a financial coach is or that we exist. People are very familiar with financial advisors and that is not what we do at all. We don't help people with investments. Yeah. Is that the big difference between the two? It definitely is the big difference. Yes, we're financial advisors, help for long-term planning, getting you ready for retirement, managing all of the investments, financial coaches. We help people with their money today. So you have money that shows up in your bank account. What the heck do you do with it? How do you make the most of it? How do you make the choices about what you want in your life strategically to know that you're choosing the best first thing first and the next best thing second. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say, I don't know what to do. I have debt. I want to save. I need to pay for college. I need to buy groceries, go on family vacation. We have a renovation in our house. What the heck do we do? That sounds like my daily stream (laughs) of consciousness is what that sounds like. Yeah. So I would say my financial story began when I was young. I never really was taught how to manage money. I didn't grow up in a household that talked a lot about money. I think that's probably the norm for most people. And going through college, my parents bailed me out of credit card debt three times, which did not really teach me anything new about money besides just feeling shame and embarrassment, getting bailed out, doing the same thing over and over Again, finding myself overwhelmed in debt, feeling shame and embarrassment, getting bailed out. And it was the cycle that I learned with money early on. I didn't learn how to think about it in a proactive way. I didn't have a great relationship with it. My perspective on how to manage money well was just learn how to make more money. That was the, <laughs> right? That's, I think that's, that's what but, most people. <laughs> seriously. It's always, well, how can I make more money? which is obviously not the whole picture. Did your parents, were they good with money? Did they try to teach you? And you're just like, "Eh, I'm good. Of course, when we're young, we're... Yeah, I think that looking back, I think my parents did everything that they could with money. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She worked a little bit part-time here and there on and off while I was growing up, but she really tried to be home and present with myself and my two siblings. And my dad was a mail carrier, so Mm -hmm. he didn't earn a high income by any means, but he worked and provided for the family. And I just know growing up, we always had what we needed, but oftentimes it was like, we're going to wait 
to have that thing that we needed. It wasn't an immediate sort of gratification when there was something new that was needed for the household or for just us and interests and hobbies and things like that. And I think that overall, my parents did manage living on lower means pretty well. Looking back, my dad was probably joking about this a lot, but you know how you interpret things as a child and you don't know what's a joke and what's real. And I remember him saying things like, ah, that's what credit cards are for, (laughs) right? And, And I think he oftentimes was like joking or like they always were managing it okay. They were paying off if they put something on a credit card. But in my head, what I internalized was like, when you don't have enough money, that's what credit cards are for. So I just learned that was the behavior of how you manage money. Credit cards were there when you just didn't have enough. Yeah, the literal interpretation, that's what we do as kids, right? Because we don't have the expanse to understand that as a tongue-in-cheek type of a thing. So you've been bailed out three times. You're not feeling good about yourself. You're not managing. You don't know how to manage your money. What, I mean, what came about after that? Yeah. After that, it got worse. (laughs) (laughs) As if it could. Imagine. So I went to college. I got my doctorate degree actually in pharmacy. I thought, okay, great. The solution, right, is to earn more money. I have to have a job that's a six-figure career. As soon as I start making good money, I'll be fine and I don't need to worry about money, right? So that was the thought process or the mentality. I went to college, got a job right afterwards, was like, wow, I have money for the first time ever. I don't have to worry about it anymore. It was great. Still was using credit cards, but now I had an income that I could pay them off and felt like, all right, I can keep up with this. It's a little better than it was before when I was a college student and not making hardly anything. Hmm. I met my husband right after I graduated college. We got married. We had our first child and it was just, man, one big thing in life after another Once our kids, we have two boys, and once the second one was born, I was like, I'm going to only work part-time. I want to try to be home with them. And so my husband was our primary income earner, and we were doing okay. He had his master's degree. He was a project manager for an IT company and doing decent. I was doing pretty good, even working part-time. We had a solid income but we still had credit card debt. We both had like, just, this was part of life. This is how you paid for repairs around the house happened. Or when you wanted to go on vacation, you would just use the credit card. It's fine. The mentality always is I'll just right. earn more. I need a raise. I need another job. Mm. But until you learn a different way of managing it, the habits are the same. And mm. so the result is the same. Mm. And so We were living in that same cycle of we were getting by, but we weren't getting ahead. We really had nothing to show for the money that we were earning. We were spending it about as fast as we made it. And we were okay until my husband lost his job. Hmm. And when that happened, just everything spiraled. Everything spiraled out of control. We thought all right, you're going to find another job. Maybe we'll have a month or two where we need to get by. I started picking up extra hours at work. I was trying to do what I could to earn more. We pulled kids out of daycare so we wouldn't have that big expense. It's like we thought we were doing all of the smart things to manage a major sort of life catastrophe that was happening. And what we thought would be a month or two was not a month or two. My husband wound up really going into a pretty deep depression, did not want to go back into the world of IT. He hated it. He was miserable and didn't know what direction to go. And so what we thought would be a couple months turned into six months and then 12 months and then 18 Mm -hmm. months. And despite trying to do everything that we could, 
we were just still falling farther and farther behind every month. More money was landing on the credit card simply to buy the groceries. And I'm assuming that as it usually goes, it puts a strain on relationships. It puts a strain on self-esteem. I was, I know mm-hmm. your confidence in money and money management wasn't great, never developed, I guess, at the yes. when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Then when you got into, you had your job, he had his, you guys were okay, still had some debt and whatnot. Did you mm-hmm. feel as though your confidence level at that time from a fiscal perspective was better or okay? And then after that, then when things crashed to the ground, where was your mindset? I would say that I never felt financially confident. Always felt like it was a bit of a house of cards. We were doing okay, but there was never this confidence or this feeling of, I know I'm doing the right thing, or I can see that we're making progress. I know that we're prepared for what's coming our way. Those Mm -hmm. thoughts were never there because that wasn't the reality. The reality was that we were just getting by, we were managing, but there was always this sense of this feeling of doubt or shame or embarrassment of thinking, I have my doctorate, I'm smart, I am educated, I should be farther ahead. Why am I not? That is such a great point. It doesn't matter if you're a doctor. It doesn't matter if you have an amazing Mm -hmm. job. It doesn't matter where or when you came from or what the deal is. If you don't have that fiscal understanding, money management, then you're toast. You're not going to have the confidence for it and it's not going to work for you. And just like right. you guys tried to do, the more money that you make, it, that's not and never has been the solution to any of this. So when you guys finally find yourself at the bottom of the, so to speak, yep. uh, what was the epiphany? Well, like, what was the boom? I got to do this or what? And then what was that first yeah. step you took out of right. that hole? As you mentioned, the tension in our relationship at that point was so high, so high. We'd gone almost a year and a half of just every month, things getting worse, things getting more tense. The arguments were happening on a regular basis. I just remember I cried every single day of my life. I was in tears. I was feeling pressure. And I remember the day, it's like you never forget the days in your life where everything changes. And this day I walked out of work. And just like I did every single day, I opened our bank account on my phone to see what the balance was, right? It was this obsession of like, how much is there? Are we going to be okay? We had three days to go until payday. I still remember three days away and I opened it and it was overdrawn Oh boy! again. And I just remember this rage, just rage through my whole body of like, how are we here again? How are we here? We are smart. We are doing everything we can. We did everything the way that the world says we're supposed to do it, right? We both went and got our master's and doctorate degree and got these great jobs. And we did all the right things, supposedly buying a house and having our two children. It's the American dream, right? And here we are like living hell every single day, every day. And I remember calling my husband And I was so mad, not necessarily at him, just at the situation, mad at myself, mad at him, mad at the world, (laughs) mad that we were here. And I remember telling him, do not spend any money. Do not put gas in the car. Don't you dare go to the grocery store. (laughs) Not one soda. If we get another $35 overdraft fee because you spend $2 at the gas station, I'm going to lose it. (laughs) I was so mad. Yeah. (laughs) And I remember hanging up the phone with him and I just, I didn't know what to do. And we hadn't really 
shared with anyone else what was happening in our world. We'd been like carrying this burden with ourselves and you don't want to admit to other people what a mess your life is or how Mm. stressful it is, how strained it is, how you're barely surviving. And I remember in that moment, I just didn't care about keeping it a secret anymore. And I picked up the phone and called my best friend and she answered and I just lost it. I just remember sobbing to her and saying, I think we're going to file bankruptcy. I think we're going to get divorced. I think everything is over. Our whole life is falling apart. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how it's gotten this bad. All of our credit cards are nearly maxed out. We're barely getting the payments made as it is. And she said, before you do anything crazy, I have someone you need to talk to. And she referred me to Kelsa Dickey, who is the owner of Fiscal Fitness. And that Mm. was 10 years ago. Mm. And that was the moment that everything changed because I found out that there were people on this planet who just helped other people with their money. And I didn't know that was a thing. Not only did you not know that, but you did the one thing that you've been resisting because of an ego thing, which was to let anybody else know or to ask for help. I very much of a try to do everything on my own. I always have been that way. And I found that in those darkest times, the thing that saved me was the reach out, was the asking, finally asking for help and having your tribe support you in this journey. So when you finally did reach out to Kelsa, What happened? I don't remember now if I called or booked online, but I just remember I scheduled that first session. We had zero dollars to pay for it. We put it on a credit card that was almost maxed out. I did it without my husband's blessing. I was so desperate to have help. And I knew that we had been trying. We had been trying long enough on our own. Everything that we were doing was not getting us any closer to a solution. We were falling farther behind. And so I knew at my core that the only option was to insert someone else, to get some insights from someone else to help us. And I remember showing up to that first session and my husband did come with. He was open to going. He wasn't a big fan of what we were doing. He was very nervous also about shedding light on everything that was happening and someone else seeing what a mess we were in. Mm -hmm. Again, a lot of like ego and shame and embarrassment Mm -hmm. about the situation for both of us. And I remember sitting down with her and looking at everything for the first time, like really looking at everything that we had going on and her giving us the reassurance that we weren't idiots, that we weren't stupid, that we were doing a lot of things right. Mm -hmm. And that there was a way to change some of the things that we were doing to actually turn it around. And it was the first moment that I had felt probably ever in my life when it came to money that I actually felt like there was really a light at the end of the tunnel and that there was this new skill that I could learn that I just had been totally oblivious to because I just believed that this was something like innately that we're just supposed to know how to do. And I remember crying all the way through the first session. We would always joke that I cried every single time, but it was really a tears of relief of not being alone in the journey anymore and knowing that I had support and someone who knew the right steps to take because clearly I did not. The surrender to what is, which is you not knowing, is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Also, the fact that when you do, you realize that the answer lies when you open yourself up to where where the answer can be. And then in going forward and, and in doing that, what was the most drastic mind shift change between your mindset in regards to money before 
versus Mm -hmm. what she taught you, what you learned through that process? What was the biggest epiphany from that? I think that she taught us a system around how to manage our money, which the system, it's, it just gives you exact results. It's like, you can clearly see every single moving piece using the system that she taught. And I think before there was just a lot that felt very hazy or very arbitrary around our money. It was a guessing game beyond just the regular bills of what things were going to look like. And the system that she taught us allowed us to have very clear parameters of what we were doing with our money and to be able to see the impact of decisions before we actually made them. And that visual aspect of being able to see It was like a crystal ball. It's like I can look at my crystal ball and I can know with certainty exactly what the impact of my decision will be before I make the decision. So I can decide proactively if this is the right thing to do or not and not just hope and wish and guess and think I'm going to figure it out six weeks down the road. I know I'll be able to figure it out because I've done it all. It took us about 18 months and we paid off $85,000 worth of debt. Wow. And through that process, we didn't have to file bankruptcy and our marriage began to improve and we weren't arguing and fighting and just everything about our world started to shift in a positive way as a result of paying attention to our money and having a system and plan for it. And by the end of those 18 months, I just thought, oh my God, this is the missing piece of the puzzle. This is the missing piece. We go to school. I spent nine years in college getting my doctorate. And I thought they never taught us this. This is such a valuable piece of education. It is so life transforming to be able to feel confident with your money, to know that the things that you're doing are the best things that you can be doing with your money. And once we learned how to do that, we've never looked back. Every year is better than the last. And we've been able to take those skills and just keep benefiting from them. For the rest of our life, we'll benefit from them. And I thought I need to help other people with this because it is just the greatest gift that I've ever been given. I love it. The fact that you re- it was such an epiphany for you and such an impact to you that you realized that, wow, this could be my gift because now I own it. Now I understand it. And now mm-hmm. I can teach others and create value in the world around me with something that I, that I'm very passionate yeah. about. And you're passionate about mm-hmm. it because you've seen both sides extreme. And, right. and then you can take that and manifest that into something great. When it comes to women and it comes yes. to fiscal confidence, is there a difference between the women that come to you and the men or the couples that come to you? That's a great question. I definitely think there is a difference. Yes. For the majority of couples that we work with, or even single women that come in, I definitely see that women are the ones that typically are managing the money in their household or for their partners or for their entire family. And they are the ones that are paying attention to all of the moving pieces of their money. They're the ones that are buying the groceries. They're buying the kids clothes, signing them up for camp. They're paying all of the bills and keeping tabs on things. Typically their partner is bringing in money, is helping to pay the bills in that sense with their earned income. But Typically, the male counterpart is the one that's, I make good money, but where is it going Mm -hmm. is what we see. And I think that for couples, when it comes to money, without a really good system for how they're managing their money, everything is a matter of opinion. There's no clarity around it. They don't have anything concrete. That is such a great point. 
and that being the case, when a single woman comes in and yeah. she starts talking about financial stuff, and is it a different? Do you take a different approach with her than you do with a couple per se? There's always a difference between a couple and an individual because the individual feels wholly dependent upon themselves. So they oftentimes have different drivers or desire for what they're doing with their money because they feel like if I don't figure this out, there's no one else that I can depend upon. There's no one else that I can rely on. Mm -hmm. So they're usually very internally motivated to make changes with their money and to be responsible for it and to know that they can support themselves. So there's a different dynamic around that compared to a couple where especially if there is very differing points of views about what's happening with their money, it can take a bit longer for them to get on the same page or for them to realize that the opinion or perspectives that they have about their money have been so different because they haven't had a common ground upon which they're looking. So once we can give them that plan and really let them see exactly where they're at, we can give them the same language to be speaking about their money. Whereas before they were not speaking the same language. They both might have the best of intentions. They both might want to be doing the best possible things, but without some concrete clarity around what's happening with their money, it's like they're speaking in two different languages and they cannot understand each other. Do you find that what you teach the dynamics, the concepts that you guys teach the basic fiscal stuff, does that endure through the low times? Does that instill a level of confidence, fiscal confidence in your clients to where if there is a low time or if things do drastically change, then they're still okay. They're still riding along and they just, and they understand they need to make adjustments and they're all right. We've seen people go through everything, right? Divorce and loss of job and illness where they're unable to work. And there's so many instances that happen in life that can really impact our finances, both positively and negatively. And I think the benefit of having a plan that you learn, this is the process. This is the way that I manage things. If I follow the plan, I know what the outcome is. I can clearly see that they know what levers to pull and can be proactive about it. They can see when a problem's coming before they're in the middle of it. And so they learn how to make those choices in advance before it's too late, before they're digging themselves out of the hole, they can anticipate things and just maneuver it much more quickly. It's not that we never have setbacks, but it's getting through it with the minimal amount of damage and getting out of the hole or back on track much more quickly because they were able to see it and take action right away. Which is the essence of true confidence and understanding. It's the fact that you can weather the storms that come along. You're not right. going to keep the storms away because you cannot do that. Right. And if stuff right. happens, you're able to do what you need to do to make it work. All that being said, and you being where you're at and helping all of these people, you have a website and I'd like for you to throw that out there as well as you've got some pretty cool free stuff there and which yeah. would be a great next step for anybody that's interested in what you've been talking about and interested in really gaining a bigger or a better understanding of fiscal health and moving forward with that. Absolutely. Thank you. So our website is fiscalfitnessphx.com. So fiscalfitnessphoenix, but phx.com. On the website, you can sign up for a free 14-day money training plan. So that comes direct into your email. It gives you specific actions that you can take with your money every single day. So if someone's looking for a little jumpstart or a DIY, a way to be more in control of their money, that's a great way to get started. We also just launched our brand new YouTube channel. So on YouTube, we have a show that we launched that 
follows a client journey and it also gives some tips in a follow-up five-minute money move video that shows people this is a strategy that we use with them. This is how we help them. And there's a free download that goes along with each of those if people want something to work through on their own. So you can find us at Fiscal Fitness on YouTube or Fiscal Fitness Phoenix, I think, if you put it in the search search bar there. Jill Emanuel, thank you so much. And if you want to get a hold of her, I will have the information in the show notes as well as fiscalfitnessphx.com. And if you have any questions or comments for me, you know how to get a hold of me. The new website's going to be come up very shortly. It's going to be the She Talks Confidence with the Tony Dufresne PhD website. But in the meantime, you still can get a hold of me at Tony at Java.com. Hope things are good. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.